once again to the Digital Marks Podcast. I am, as always, your host, the most powerful man in the universe, the sorceress's favorite love slave, the next in line to be the master of Eternia until I was pushed aside by damn woke marketing and politicians, Barry James. Now, today I'm going to talk about something near and dear to my immature and underdeveloped little heart, and that is He-Man. Or, more specifically, we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe, Revelation. And as we're about to find out, those are not the same thing. Now, before we get started, I do need to warn you, there's going to be spoilers. Lots of them. Because we really can't talk about all the controversy surrounding this program without giving away pretty much everything that's happened in the five episodes we've had so far. So, go watch those. I'll wait. It's okay. Uh, Binge through them, though, because I really don't have all day here. Okay. Now, it's been a few hours. You went through them all? Good. I bet you're steaming mad right now, aren't you? Good. Let me feed off of it. Let me taste your angry tears, okay? Let me strip down and roll around. Or we can just continue with the episode. I feel that's the direction my producer's waving me toward at this point. Uh, so, yeah, let's do that. Sorry, I just cannot hold back my amusement sometimes at you people who get this angry about television shows. That's just me. So, at first, I was only vaguely aware that this new show actually existed. I was a big fan of the original show back in 83. I would have been, I guess, about seven or eight, whatever, during that period. And it was a huge part of the Saturday morning lineup for me, like it was for a lot of us. And then She-Ra came along, and I admit it, I watched that religiously, too. We had that hour of power thing that was, like, right after school. They both ran after each other when we got home. And after that, I just kind of lost sight of the whole thing, really. There was other TV happening. We moved on. Transformers was still a thing. Thundercats was around the same time. We G.I. Joe was still running strong. That was one I never actually got into much, but it was around. Uh, But what all of these shows had in common was how they were basically, as we know, half-hour toy commercials. And it was a format that was perfected with the launch of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, we had remakes and more comics over time. The stories may have changed. I didn't see a lot of the later stuff. I I read the micro-comics that came with the characters. I read a few of the DC issues. And I watched everything on the original TV show. So everything I say is going to be based on that. So you're not allowed to come at me and say, hey, in the 2012 thing, they explained this or did this or whatever. Okay, that's not what I'm doing. Now, I had a rough plan going into this show. I was just going to first wow the hell out of you with my deep knowledge of the history of He-Man and how it evolved over the years. Someone beat me to that. I saw a thing on Netflix called The Power of Grayskull. Now, this is an excellent companion piece, and it does a great job of retelling the entire history of the He-Man franchise to date, way better than I ever could. So, rather than going a bit over all of that here, just you should honestly check that out. It's a fascinating look at what the situation was, the time period, what all was responsible for the Saturday night, or the Saturday morning, sorry, uh, cartoons we grew up with. So, I heard this thing was coming out, and I heard that uh, Kevin Smith was running it, and that was about it, and that I heard nothing for a while, so it more or less slipped off my radar, and then last week I go on social media, and everyone is just losing their minds over this thing. 
It's out. We've got five episodes. It's the wokest thing that ever woke. He-Man isn't in it. Tila Mania is running wild. She's a lesbian, and Kevin Smith lied to us, and we should string him up. And then we've got the other side saying, well, if you're not loving this show, you're probably a misogynist and a racist, and you pick your teeth with the male. And, of course, we got the third side who really doesn't care about the politics of the game and just doesn't think it's that good of a show. So who's right? Who's wrong? Who cares? Well, you do, my ever-faithful minion, so let's get into it. Spoiler number one. He-Man dies. Sort of. Skeletor dies. Sort of. Skeletor's latest plan is the one he probably should have done from the very beginning, a full-scale assault on the castle while everyone's distracted with a royal ceremony. The alert sounds, everyone heads to battle. Adam Sailor moons himself into the mighty He-Man, and I hope you enjoy it because you aren't going to be seeing that again for quite a while. And they're off to see the wizard. The sorceress. Whatever. For the first time ever, I think, uh, He-Man stabs someone with that sword of his, and of course that is the one time that it's going to make all hell break loose. A magical nuke is going off, He-Man sacrifices himself, Skeletor is destroyed in the blast, so now Eternia has no major hero or villain. Whatever will we do is more or less the main theme here. Tila quits the job she was so happy to have gotten about 20 minutes earlier and storms off, never to be seen again, until episode 2. So now we start off, it's uh, however many years later. Tila's living her best mercenary life with an edgy haircut and POC gal pal Andra. Magic is draining out of Eternia, and since that's all made out of magic and somehow all the other worlds are too because of that, uh, we're all going to die. But no worries. Evil Lynn and the sorceress have come up with a plan. They're going to team up, find the two halves of the power sword, and that's going to make everything all better. I forget how exactly, conduits and gray skulls or something. Whatever, we're on a quest. The next couple episodes, mostly character development. Tila's having her He-Man flashbacks and being all angsty because nobody let her in on the fact that Adam was He-Man. She's been pissed all of these years. We don't know how many years, I don't think. It's never actually mentioned how far in the future this is. But basically her entire character arc is because she wasn't included in a secret. We get the typical uh, Face Your Fears episode. We get more not-so-subtle hints that Tila is the sorceress's daughter, which has been happening the whole series and something we all pretty much know. Evil Lynn, who seems decidedly non-evil, uh, shares some laughs with Orko. Even old Beast Man comes back and seems pretty docile and friendly. We bring in some new and returning toy uh, characters, because of course we are, and more people die. We get to meet dead He-Man, or dead Adam, I guess, because when you're in heaven with a whole crew of muscle-bound champions, you know, wrestling and hunting and competing, of course you're going to use your weak-as-a-kitten alter ego to live as for all eternity. And it absolutely has nothing to do with not wanting to make your blonde-haired, blue-eyed strongman hero seem stronger than the only black champion in series history. Honest. This was actually the first time I learned about the champions and how that whole deal worked. Um, it seems like it's kind of a Buffy thing, like one dies, another gets called, that sort of thing. But after sacrificing himself and dying for everyone, He-Boy sacrifices himself again and comes back to life, knowing he probably can't go back to pro-wrestling heaven anymore. 
I didn't see really any real reason for that either. Like, he just kind of decided they needed him for some reason, so he's going to head on back down. So we finally get the moment we've been waiting for. Adam's going to Sailor Moon himself and the cat again and save the world 80 style. The magic comes back. We get another wink and a nod with Duncan and Sorceress Supreme just to remind us that, yes, they probably banged at some point. Only Adam doesn't get to Hulk up again. Because instead, he gets killed. Again. In the parlor, by Skeletor with a spear. Okay, not killed, just laid out for now. I'm sure someone can fix them all up in Episode 6 with the magic being back and all. But Skeletor has the sword of all eternal fuckery now. He's the master of Skull. He's this giant godlike thing while He-Man's bleeding out on the ground. And that's the first half of Season 1. We don't really know how many seasons there's going to be or planned for this thing. We know that four more episodes are on the way to close out this season. Now, at a, my last glance, Rotten Tomatoes had this show sitting at about a 95. Critics seemed to love the thing. The fan base were a little bit less thrilled. They're review-bombing the crap out of it. Mostly due to its lack of He-Man and its woke agenda. And, of course, Kevin Smith's supposed lies. So what was that all about? Now, this... I, I'm going to admit, this may be a time when I'm on shaky ground. I tried to figure out what the actual issue was, but it feels like the folks who are yelling bait and switch and Kevin lied to us, they're not really being all that forthcoming, forthcoming with the actual details. Uh, the, I'm not hearing sources or even what the lies were specifically a lot of times. But after asking around and, you know, the ones that weren't just insulting back about it and able to formulate some kind of response, they mostly seem to be hitting on the same notes here. So that's what I'm going to be running with. If I'm wrong, I'll live. Kevin Smith is being presented as a fan of the show, but said on Twitter years ago that he was never a fan of the original series. Blasphemy, right? Okay, but where's the lie? Now, I searched for hours, <laughs> legit hours I put into it, uh, looking for an example of him saying that he was a big fan back then or something, you know, so then we could have a lie that we're proving wrong on Twitter. But I couldn't find that. He said he was really excited to be doing this. Uh, he's read the scripts of the original series. He's obviously wanting to stay true to the series. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had become a fan now since he's now such a big part of its history. But how is a tweet from like 10 plus years ago a lie? Maybe he didn't watch the show. Maybe he didn't like the show. Maybe he liked another show way more that was on at the same time. There's a thousand reasons why someone may just not have been a fan of the show. It doesn't necessarily mean he disliked it or something. Whether it was lack of exposure or interest, it has no effect on what's happening now. People say he called himself a He-Man superfan, I haven't been able to find that. I've seen third-party stuff say it, and the crybabies at Comic Book News went on about it as if they matter, but there's never been anything that he personally said. And let's pretend that even if he did, is it not possible to not be a fan of something and then 10 years later be a fan? There's countless shows I hated as a kid, and now I binge-watch regularly, and I can even name the most obscure characters. Love sometimes forms over time and under specific circumstances. So, I don't think that's a lie. What else we got? Well, 
He pulled a bait and switch. He said this was a show about He-Man, that it would be true to the original series. And it's not about He-Man. It's all about Teela. The show is supposed to be all about He-Man. He promised he'd stay true and he fucking lied. All right, so let's get back to the lack of He-Man. Well, a case could be made that there isn't one. Could even be made that if there was, it didn't matter much. He was obviously the lead in the first episode. His return from the grave seems to play a major role in the upcoming episodes. And he appeared in every episode so far. No, he wasn't the primary action focus in three or four of them, although he was a constant recurring theme. When God and the devil aren't around anymore, what do we do moving forward? Seemed like an okay premise for a sequel. And that's what this is, a sequel. We aren't retelling the original story or the comics or, you know, any of the media since those. It's a new story set in the same place with the same characters in a new time where life has changed dramatically. But He-Man himself is still all over it. Teela taking the reins of a quest isn't new. Back in the original series, there were loads of episodes where He-Man was just either incapacitated or otherwise unable to perform his manly duties, we could say. And what would happen? Well, Teela would lead the charge into whatever danger was threatening the world this episode. There were more episodes with a lack of He-Man in the original series than there were in Re Revelation. Also, in the original series were the same themes of discovering inner strength and coping with loss and the relationships between the main cast. So these precedents were set years ago on this. There's a good segment of the fans out there who would have you believe that this is just another example of woke culture. And it is. And it was. We've got people that like to throw that term around like an insult, and honestly to them it probably is. Woke means to be aware of social issues. That's it. Now, to people who, you know, like that, of course it's an insult. The mere thought of making any concession to their own lives for no other reason than to make other people happy, well, that just screams weakness to them, or being under control, or they, and they act like it's this brand new trend in the world. Make no mistake, every television show in history has displayed that to one degree or another. Whether we're talking about sitcoms like All in the Family or Three's Company, uh, Cartoons from the Flintstones, South Park, you name them. Even the shows that had no motive other than selling toys, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, everything. Everything. I go, uh, uh, Fresh Prince, Star Trek, The Walking Dead, Saturday Night Live. Every channel, every network. Television has always been on the pulse of the social issues of the time and have always had episodes with the cast dealing with those issues. The director of the original series was a woman. Imagine being a female director in those days where you weren't ever taken seriously, and all the things that went along with being a woman in those days, and you're presented with something called He-Man, the most chauvinistic title in the universe. There were dozens of so-called woke issues going on in the series. The females were the most powerful characters, repeatedly saving the men's asses through it. Not always, of course, but it was a form of equality that was going on there. Now, Kevin Smith is no different as a director here in that he's writing about what he knows and what he's always done. His movies have always been strong female characters, homosexual themes, racism gets explored, and, of course, callbacks, sometimes I think a few too many callbacks to his other projects. 
So he really was the perfect guy to handle this sort of show in today's world. And yes, it's still 100% true to the source material. The old original He-Man comics were full of representation, with people from other cultures becoming heroes and often saving the main cast. The entire premise of the TV show was believing in yourself, teamwork, doing the right thing, not judging people for non-important things, all that supposed woke shit. Every episode was plastered with messages, don't do drugs, don't trash people for their skin color. Or my personal favorite, don't be like Ram Man and use your head to smash shit in your yard. So if you're crying about this show because it's woke, you might as well just turn off your TV or whatever it is you're watching this stuff on. Turn off every link you have to what's going on. Because, yeah, people care now. It may be ridiculous at times, the level we end up going to with racist pancake syrup and whatnot, but people are learning. Eventually, things will hopefully have a happy medium as society learns the difference between offensive and satire. And when that happens, that's what will be represented in the media we consume. So, we've pulled Kevin off the cross and hopefully shown him not to be the new villain in Masters of the Universe. Now that we've done that, I guess we might as well spare a minute or two to the actual important question here, like, uh, is it a good show? I mean, that's so subjective, right? I mean, we all like different things, and what speaks to one of us doesn't necessarily speak to us all. I definitely liked the nostalgia factor here. Skeletor sniffing the remains of Moss Man and saying, smells like pine, almost made me piss myself. Uh, we get a lot of classic characters appear, but it's not a rapid-fire parade of them. We have time to get to know them and what their motivations are. Something that just couldn't be done in the 80s classics. Character development just wasn't a focus then, and it really didn't need to be. I don't like how everyone who dies is a sacrifice. Uh, the uh, Was it Roboto and Orko? He, everyone who dies, it's, it's never because they've done something dumb or they made a mistake or just fought something better. No, it's always got to be these grand gestures for everyone. And it just happens a little too often for my liking. I don't like the voices. We had Alan uh, Oppenheimer turn up, and that was so amazing. But having him voice a minor character like Moss Man, well, that just reminded me how much I miss his Skeletor. We had Mark Hamill doing that, and he's a great voice actor, but his performances as the Joker are just too iconic. Everyone's heard them, and to be including the same voice tones here in his performance as Skeletor, it just pulled me out of the story every time he'd open his mouth. Then we get um, oh, it? Sarah Michelle Geller, lover to death. She is the epitome of how to play a strong woman on television. But her voice just doesn't fit Tila. She sounds too young and bright still, just... And it's not what we need for the Tila we have now, who is kind of sporting this older-than-her-years vibe. She's disillusioned with the world, angry at everyone who ever lied to her, you know, and then left her alone. The only one that really feels right to me in this series is Evil Lynn, and they nailed it with her. And Man at Arms, Duncan, whatever. Uh, he sounds good. On the whole, though, the voices to me are the show's main weakness. Even the dialogue itself got to me a little bit. Um... It's a nitpick. This is a sequel. 
taking place directly after the original series. So the speech patterns, the uh, affectations, just the general way that people are speaking, it just doesn't hold to the old. Again, just a nitpick, but when you're appealing to people's nostalgia for a series, this is the kind of thing you really want to watch for. Uh, the music, sound effects, they're all decent. Uh, nothing could ever compare to the recycled, overblown sounds of the original, but that's not something we should really be trying to emulate. Everything fits the scenes well, without anything really standing out. It could be better, but it could be a lot worse. So, on the whole, I mean, we talked about the plot, we talked about the production. Um, personally, I give this a 6.5. Maybe a generous seven. I like it. I'm looking forward to the next episodes. I didn't doze off at any point through it. But I don't think it's going to win any awards. Uh, I won't be going back for second viewings unless it's to review them or something. It rekindled my interest in He-Man. And if I still collected those figures, I would want to buy the new ones. So they probably accomplished with me what they set out to do. What I'm not looking forward to about the next five episodes is that even if it's 24-7 He-Man, even though those things would already have been planned out, the section, the segment of the fan base that's crying so much now are going to think that everything was changed for them because they whined about it so much, which ironically is the exact part of the woke culture they complain the most about. Honestly, if I was Smith right now, I'd rewrite the whole damn thing. I'd make Teela the new champion, turn uh, that Andra into Black She-Ra. They have to take turns changing the comatose He-Man's diaper and feed him soup from a bottle. I'd go all in, just pissing these so-called fans off. But I think luckily for all of us, Smith doesn't have that same vindictiveness and dislike for the fan base that I do sometimes. Um... I can't apologize for that. I, I hate toxic fan bases. Always have pro wrestling, comic book guys, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm looking at you. There are flaws in the show. There will be more. But they aren't, those aren't the things that people are actually talking about. See, the danger of nostalgia is that when we're looking, you know, we're, we're looking to recapture how something made us feel more than an actual throwback to the old show. But we're not the same people we were in the 80s. We've learned, we've grown, we've developed values and beliefs, we've developed loves, and we've learned to hate. So appealing to that entire demographic now is just going to be impossible. I think they've done a decent enough job. Even the 7 out of 10 or 6 foot whatever I gave it is about the same as I would have for the original series. If you aren't a fan... Because of some, you know, technical thing. Like I mentioned, there's, there were things I disliked about it. But if the whole reason you aren't a fan is because it's not enough He-Man and it's too much Tila and it's woke and all this stuff, I won't try to change your mind any more than I have here. But I think that maybe you owe it to the creators of this as well as the original series to maybe take a hard, honest look, not just at the show, but at yourself, at who you've become along the way on your life's journey. And if you are still 
the person who would feel the same way about the values that Masters of the Universe originally showed us. I know what I'm looking at right now, and that's forward. I mean, I'm looking too forward. No, uh, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward. To our next episode, which I absolutely have no idea when will be or what the topic will be. I make these when I have something to say. And today was one of those days. This was a shorter episode than normal, and maybe there's a little more we could have talked about. But I feel like we covered what's happening right now. It satisfied me, at least. So, I want to thank anyone who took the time out of their lives to listen to this. I still can't think of a greater gift you can give someone than time, and I appreciate you for it. I hope at least some of this was worth your time. So, from all of us, to all of you, please, let's make tomorrow great again. See you next time, guys.